Good morning, good morning. It's a kind of a rainy, blustery day kind of a morning, but it's a great day in your heart and your mind if you're a gardener. Hey, y'all, I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing, and you've tuned in to the Gestalt Gardener. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, one of many locally produced weekly programs, and we're going to be talking about gardening for the next hour. Uh, it's a live call-in program. Got some cheesy music, a few emails, some things that are going on. We'll share all that. To, we kind of personalize it a little bit with a few things that I've done and messed up in my own garden. But for the next hour, we're going to be just talking about gardening. And it's your program. It's our party. You don't even have to get dressed up. We don't care who your mama and them are. You want to talk gardening, you're in the right place. We're going to take a little bit of a, of a news for, for a break for news, some weather. Then we're going to come back and talk with you live. And actually, on this muddy day, we're going to see what we can do to help each other get dirty. We'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie doke. Welcome back, folks. Horticulture's fell and rushing. Me and Java chatting in there. We were chatting it up during the news, paying attention to the news, of course, but we were talking about a lot of weird stuff that's good, you know, that about when we were kids, we had things that we liked, and now that we're grown-ups, we try to get our kids to like the same stuff, and they think we're nuts. But that's okay. I got a cheesy tune coming up that's going to take some of y'all way, way back. You'll, you'll see. Um, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about gardening. We're going to uh, throw in some cheesy tunes just to kind of keep it light. Uh, we're going to maybe talk about the weather. I got five inches of rain in my garden yesterday. I have three rain gauges, and they all measure just below five inches. Uh, that's a lot of rain. We got more headed this way. And I'm headed to Texas. I got to give a, a a big program in just north of Houston tomorrow, and I think I can go over to Shreveport and Tyler and cut down Instead of uh, going right through the, I don't know, we'll see. That's that's what we do. Anyway, for the next hour, it's a call-in program. If you want to chat about gardening, you got things you have questions about, or you want to run it by somebody, you try to stump me. You can't stump me because if I don't know something, I don't know it. And I look it up or somebody help us both out. That's the way I've been for 40 years as a professional horticulture journalist. I don't make stuff up. I don't sell anything either, so it doesn't matter to me what you want to do or don't do. I must, here's what I would do. Here's what I try to get my mother to do, and good luck on that. Anyway, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING, 877-MPB, which stands for Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We're going to start out in, uh, in Madison talking with John. Hey, John, thank you for calling this morning. Hey, good morning, fellas. The storm yesterday blew my corn over. Oh, it's called lodging. <laughs> they even have a word for it so common. Um, after today, after the storm, you can try to stand up and throw some dirt up to it. Because corn, believe it or not, will root above, it'll root on the lower stem. So you can stand it up, throw some dirt on it, and it'll actually re-root above that. Uh, is it too late to plant again? No, it's it's really not. Matter of fact, uh, farmers up in the Delta. I'm not a, I'm not agriculture, but I, I was raised in or, around farms, and they're really late getting stuff in a, a month late. the The only drawback, John, to planting corn this late is when it gets ready to start making, it's going to be hot and dry, and you're going to need to water it because it you know it needs a lot of water when it's making those ears of corn. So you know, other than having to water, uh, uh, definitely water a couple of times towards. You know, when it starts silking, that's about the only real drawback. What about, it's a small plot, it's 8 by 16. Would it be possible to 
just take some tomato steaks and stand it back up and stake it. Yeah. Uh, do you have rows between the, I mean, uh, furrows between the rows or what? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just wide rows. Yeah, you you could do that. Put some stakes at, 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 at either end of the row and, uh, you know, run some string or some wire, you know, and do them like that. Yeah, that would be fine. But when you get a chance, when it dries out a little bit next week, if you go through and just throw some of the dirt from the furrow, which is smoothed out, if you can throw that up around the base of the corn, it will reroot and get stronger. It really will. Oh. Okay, I'll give that a shot. Okay, hey, good luck on it. Thanks. Yeah, we started out with something that I knew. (laughs) It's it's an auspicious day. My first call, I knew the answer. Let's see if Marie stumps me. She's coming from, is this from Flowood, Mississippi? You from Flowood, Marie? That's right. Howdy, what's up? Um, I got a combination of potting mix and Dan's dirt in my little container garden, Uh and it started uh, sprouting little tiny uh, green things. Yep, weeds. Um, and uh, are those grass seeds, and how do I get rid of them? But the, I, I planted tomatoes. Yeah. And, uh, so they're, you know, they're pretty, they're, couple, they're maybe a foot tall. Yeah. How do I get rid of all the little tiny greens? Okay, well, first of all, you know, you can tell grassy's weeds from uh, from all other weeds called broadleaf because grass will have just that one little skinny leaf at first, and the broadleaf plants always have two uh, a pair of little leaves. Yeah, they're a pair. Okay, well, it's yeah. not a grass end. Uh, what I would do, and this sounds really old school, Marie, but it absolutely works. I would get a hoe, really, and I would take it to like an Ace Hardware or something. If you don't want to sharpen itself, get your little flat blade for and put a, an edge on it that makes you smile when you rub your finger across. A really sharp edge. All you have to do is lay it on top of the ground and just scrape, just pull and scrape. You don't have to chop because what you, it's, it's like shaving. You know, you don't want to gouge it all out. You want to just scrape it off. And that'll kill almost all of them by just simply lightly scraping with a hoe. And that's what they were made for, not chopping. And uh, then when you get done with that, get you some bark mulch and spread on top of it real, you know, three or four inches deep. That'll keep the ground cool. It'll keep it moist in the summer, and it'll keep a lot more weed seeds and sprouting because it, it keeps them getting the sunshine they need. Oh, great, great. Thank you. Uh, let me throw out one other thing, Marie. Is this uh, raised bed, is it sitting on top of dirt, or is it sitting on top of like a patio or something? Uh, dirt. Okay. Next time you next time you plant, take your shovel and go down beneath the stuff you've got and bring some of that clay, that dirt that's under there. Bring it up. Go you know at least four or five six inches deep and bring it up and mix it with your mix because a combination of real dirt and this store bought stuff works better than either one by itself and it'll stay moist longer. Your plants get better nutrition and also during dry spells, your garden will be deeper so you don't have to water as much as, as a box sitting on top of the ground. So next time, and it'll be a lot easier to dig after you know a, a few months of having stuff growing on top, but bring it up and mix them together like mixing uh, your gravy with your potatoes. Yay, okay, okay. Well, I, oh, I do have a couple of little tiny uh, watermelons coming up that, that bark. I guess I can't put that much bark uh, because they're not very tall. That's right. Just you know, put put it in a ring around it. You don't have to to bury it. The main thing oh. is just trying to just cr- trying to cover as much of the dirt up that keeps sunshine from making those seeds sprout. Great. All righty, Marie. Thanks for your call. Have fun. Yay! <laughs> Yay! I love it. Let's go to Madison, Jonathan. What's going on? Hey, how you doing? Fine. What's what's up? Well, so I was just given my first aloe vera plant, my first plant I've ever grown. You haven't, you haven't uh, killed it already, have you? 
I, I haven't killed it already, but it looks like I'm sending it to the doctor. <laughs> yeah. So um, I just wanted a couple of tips uh, as far as, since we're going into the spring and summer, just to, what should what should I do to make sure that I keep this thing alive? And, yeah. Okay. Uh, a couple of things. First of all, aloe vera is a really good, dependable succulent. It doesn't need much care at all. It needs some bright light. You know, where it grows naturally, it grows in the full sun, but full sun will scorch it here because of our humidity. So it needs to have really bright light, maybe morning sun, um, and it needs to be allowed to dry out completely. Don't let it stay dry, but let it dry completely before you water it because it's a succulent, and too much water will rot it quicker than you can imagine. So let it dry out between, you know, pretty good waterings, a little bit of sunshine. And uh, also, if your potting soil stays kind of wet, you know, you can actually repot it. Sometimes commercial potting soils are stay a little bit, you know, they're good for most plants, but not for succulents. So if you feel like it just won't dry out, you might want to think about repotting it. If you're not sure about that, shoot me an email and we can come up with some uh, real, real easy solution. That main thing is a little bit of sunshine. Don't overwater it. Okay. It go, it go, and, and, and if it doesn't make it, welcome to my club, because I cannot <laughs> tell you how many plants, including aloes, that I've killed over the years. It's just part yes. of it. Okay. Well, that, that's reassuring. I appreciate it, it. it. It's true. It's true. Thanks, Jonathan. Appreciate okay, it. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Our toll-free number, one eight seven seven mpb ring Got a pretty cheesy tune coming up in just a little while. So it's uh, a little short thing, but I want to mention this Mother's Day weekend. Hope you... Uh, relax, uh, whether or not you like your mother, whether or not your mother's still with you, whether or not you, whatever, if you're a mother yourself, uh, relax. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a day for appreciation, not so much celebration, but a show and appreciation. And it's called Mother's Day with an S, not apostrophe S. It's for mothers, not a mother. Okay, so it's Mother's Day, and we all have a mother someplace that, that, that we like. <laughs> and I want to throw out one other thing. There's a, uh, a program coming up. Uh, next week uh, that I'm going to be at, it's going to be uh, uh, kind of fun. It's going to be at the um, Carthage Library. Carthage is uh, uh, north central Mississippi, and uh, I'm going to be at the library there this coming Thursday night. It's going to be a fun program. It's free at 6 o'clock in the evening at the Carthage Library. Uh, we're going to cover a lot of stuff, typically have a blast at, at library programs because you got some garden club folks, you got some horticulture plant society people, you got some master gardeners. you got a lot of people who just want to knock around in the yard, and it's that kind of event that, that I enjoy the most. Instead of preaching to the choir, we like to have fun with real folks. So whether you're in a garden club or master gardener or, or, or independent gardener, we're going to have fun at the Carthage Library, 6 o'clock next Thursday evening. Let's go to Ashland to talk with Jerry. Hey, Jerry, good morning. Hey, Phil, how you doing today? Fine, fine. What's, what's going on? Well, I'm getting my tiller back, my best ex-wife. And I want, <laughs> does she I want know? To, does she know you're getting it back? Well, I have to buy it. Oh, <laughs> well done. Let's let it go with that. Now what? Uh, and I have a, a California garden around the edge of my my, my fence in, in, in Ashland, but I want to set up a garden in the middle of my backyard. And what I was thinking of doing was just marking off like a 20 by 40 patch and hitting it with some Roundup and letting it kill everything yeah. and filling it. Is that about the best way to get rid of turf for a garden patch, or do you have a better idea? Well, that's that's the quickest and the um, I mean that's the that's that's the most dependable way. And it's it, it, in, it, in spite of the bad press Roundup gets, that's generated by by fake fake stuff. 
Uh, lawyer-driven. It is lawyer-driven. And, you know, you don't want to overdo it just like you don't want to eat too much red meat or drink too much alcohol. You know, that's that, it's that kind of thing. Uh, that's what works. That's what I did in my son's yard when he had to plant some stuff. He was going to have to deal with weeds forever or else what I did was I just sprayed the area. Uh, didn't overdo it, but, you know, sprayed it with Roundup. Waited four or five days till it turned yellow. You can till it in, and there's no problem at all. None. Zero. A follow-up question, if you don't mind. Uh, I'm a California garden. I keep it well mulched, all my grass clippings and leaves and whatnot. Uh-huh. I, and I take my food scraps, and I collect them in a plastic bucket in my house, and then I, I turn those into it. I had a friend of mine tell me not to do that because that will burn out my plants there. <laughs> uh, You're... You... <laughs> Uh, that's the kind of stuff I hear at the bar about gardening. Well, There's nothing to it. It's it's it's. Cr- they say don't put meat in a compost. I put a raccoon in mine. I'll put mice in mine. Yeah, it's perfectly okay. the The main thing is where you you know your grass clippings and vegetables matter. They decompose really really quickly. Leaves. Uh, tr- brown stuff, tree leaves, take a long time. If you mix the two together, it's better for both of them. So if okay. you pile a bunch of green leaf clipping, uh, grass clippings up, it'll get slimy and smell like a baby diaper because of the ammonia. But if you mix it in with, uh, spread it out, mix it with other stuff, it helps the other stuff break down. So the idea is don't just dump them on there, uh, uh, you know, scatter them. And if you want to take a little shovel and pull it back and throw it and cover it back up, right. that'd be fine. But main thing is, is good stuff. Spread the goodness out. Don't pile it up. I, in essence, have, I guess, compost, a continuous compost pile in between all my blueberries and tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. That's the way it's always been done. Okay. You know, and until we came up with this idea, you got to put it in a special area and call it a compost bin. It's a leaf pile. And what you're well, doing is called sheet composting. You spread okay. it out in between, and then next year you work that in, and you got the best dirt. You, you, your neighbor has no idea how, how miserable his dirt is because of his stupid rules. I do know when I turn it over, I got an abundance of earthworms and, and yeah, there, so that's pretty yeah, good. yeah. So you you got it going, no problem at all. Now all now right. you're gonna have if you put a lot of fresh veg and stuff like that out there, you are gonna attract uh, some other things. You know, maybe some rodents and stuff like that. But they don't hurt anything. Nope. Yeah. You know, they don't. I'm, I'm sorry. People get the upset about stuff that's not really bothering them. All right. We have a good day. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Bye-bye. Okay. Hey, stay dry. All righty, folks. We're going to take a real, real quick break. Just a little one. I'm cheerful this morning. It's going to rain. The rain's going to got five inches yesterday. No telling how much we're going to get today. I'm driving to Texas. I got a rain gauge in my garden. We'll see how well the rain gauge collects its water when I'm driving through it. Anyway, if you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Got the lines wide open if you want to give us a call. Uh, And by the way, when we come back from this break, we'll go straight into a little short, cheesy tune from my childhood, and I hope it irritates everybody. We have a a type of bird here at MPB. Is that right, Java? Some kind of woodpecker out there. And uh, we're going to play a little tune that's going to guarantee to irritate you. Then we'll come back with your calls live here at MPB. Uh, Toll-free, 1-877-MPB. Give us a call, won't you? This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Hey, Java, while we're waiting on some phone calls, you want to do that uh, that woodpecker thing? 
What do you think about it? It's a, from from my childhood. Uh, toll free, folks. One eight seven seven MPB. Give us a call. We're gonna do a little thing. <laughs> That's the Woody Woodpecker song. <laughs> He's a pecking it all day long. Okay, see if that won't put an earworm in you. See, that's that thing we were talking about during the news, that this is from your childhood, and you were saying, do you remember this? And they did a reinvention of it or reversion in the 80s and 90s, and even not uh, maybe a year or two ago, they did a movie of Woody Woodpecker, so they keep trying to keep your old stuff around. That's right. That's that's right. You know, a lot of tunes come around too, but uh, uh, it, it, I think it's funny because every generation wants to the next generation to remember their stuff. But no, it's like the Godzilla movies. Godzilla movies are making they're too realistic now. The reason the first one was because it was so obviously cheesy. That's the reason. Even kids got it. That's a man in a rubber suit, and those aren't real trains he's throwing around. That's what made the original Godzilla were imagination. So, anyway, Woody Woodpecker. Uh, anyway, if you want to give us a call, we have the lines wide open. It's strangely quiet. I wonder if it's thunder, tornadoing out there. Maybe we, the people know something we don't know, but you want to give us a call. It is toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Glad to talk with you about what's going on in your yard. Uh, I mentioned I'm going to be at the Carthy's Library at 6 o'clock next Thursday evening. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be free. And uh, we, we have a lot of fun at, 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 at Library Talk, talking about real-life stuff, you know, vegetables and flowers and trees and shrubs and problems and lawn care, and but a whole lot of humorous stuff because that's what gardening is. Uh, by the way, there's a lot of things going on right now. Um, one of the things that happened in my truck last week, I was hauling some, some uh, trees and shrubs for my son's garden, and... Um, there's a, a blue-tailed skink. You've seen these lizards. They're, real, they're small. They're real sleek. They're dark with, with stripes down their back. And they got a brilliant, I mean, an iridescent blue tail. Uh, it's called a, the five-lined or blue-tailed skink. Well, one of them jumped off the out of the potting soil of one of these plants into my truck garden. I'm thinking, uh-uh, that ain't going to work because uh, well, I'm gone most of the summer. And, you know, the skinks can't live in that kind of desert environment. So I've got to go through my truck garden, starting at one end, wiggling my fingers down the dirt all around plants because they, they burrow down in the dirt. I've got to somehow make him skittish enough to where he moves towards the other end where I can catch him and put him in my yard. <laughs> I mean, and talk about, you know, I'm an, I'm an old guy, and I'm out there wiggling my fingers in the dirt trying to, to, to catch a lizard to save his life. Here's the funny thing, though. If I do catch him, he's likely to throw his tail off. Lizards can deliberately chunk off a big part of their tail. It's, they're designed that way. The way their the, uh, the skeletons are and, the, uh, and the, the muscles and the nerve endings and everything, they can deliberately throw a tail off and it will wiggle and make a bird chase after it. And then the tail will grow back. It takes two or three months, but it'll grow a whole new tail. And they're designed. Don't you wish you could do that with your attitudes, just like, oh, finger snap, 
and then just walk away and then calm down. That's his. That's our version of throw, throwing our tail off, I guess. I'm not sure. Anyway, a couple of things I did. Um, uh, I found a new weed in my garden, a new weed. Uh, somebody written to me three or four uh, weeks ago, and I looked it up, and she looked it up, and we found out the name of it. And uh, it doesn't matter what the Latin name is. The common name is bush killer. There's a new weed called bush killer. It grows like our native, you know, that the uh, Virginia creeper with the five leaves that wraps up everything. But it's about halfway between it and kudzu. And it, every little piece of the root, a piece of the stem will root. So we got us a new little weed killer with five leaflets on it called bush killer. Uh, it doesn't have five leaflets all in one spot. Uh, the, the, the bush killer has five leaflets, but they're in two pairs. And then one other, and it's got tendrils like a grape. This might be worse than kudzu because it spreads fast, and every single bit you don't pull will sprout right back out. So anyway, if you've never heard of bush killer vine, now you have. Ugh. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I found it in my garden. Pulled it up, got the dirt around it, chunked it over the neighbor's I didn't put it in the neighbor's yard because it'll come back on me. Anyway, let's go down to Mobile and talk with Virgil. Hey, Virgil, thank you for calling. Hey, good morning. Howdy, what's up? Well, I just had some centipede uh, sod installed, mm-hmm. and it's established. It was about four weeks ago. Yeah. It's had plenty of water, but I just I had some a few years ago, and between the army worms and the weeds, it just went away. It yeah. looked terrible. And uh, since I had it installed, somebody said, well, that's pretty delicate stuff. It doesn't last long. And I'm thinking, well, great. This is not the time to know that. But uh, I wonder if you could just tell me about watering, uh, weeding, and yeah. seeding. Okay, here, here's here's the deal. It's going to be, first of all, it is one of the most durable grasses. Your friend has it. Is sadly mistaken. Right. It is a real, but here's the problem. It's a kind of a yellow green grass. It's not as pretty green as as Saint Augustine. It's not as rich a green as is uh, It's a it's a yellow green grass at its best. And people try to make it green green by fertilizing it, which kills it. Oh. Okay. Centipede is the lowest re- requiring grass of all. It requires low maintenance. Here's what it needs in order of importance. First of all, I'm I'm hoping you got sunshine. Absolutely. Okay, because no grass really loves the shade. Sooner or later, all grass is going to peter out in the shade, even in Mobile. But as long as it got sunshine, in order of importance, if you mow high, which your neighbors aren't going to like, you might not like, but it's a, it's it's a it's it's a it's not a, a flat carpet like Bermuda grass. It likes to be mowed on the high side all the time. If you'll do that, that's about all you really need to do. Wow. But I'm serious. This is straight turf management right out of Auburn, Mississippi State, Texas A&M. They will all say the same thing. If you just mow high, it will grow in a cemetery. Uh, but the second thing you can do is every, no more than once a year, but at least every two or three years, sometime in April or May, put out centipede food just the one product called centipede food it gives your grass everything it needs completely and it recycles itself through your grass clippings for at least a year or two so you don't have to do it don't buy into the you got to do all this stuff because you don't just throw some nutrients in there in the system let it recycle through the clippings and then the third thing if you if mobile goes three or four weeks without a rain you ought to water it really good 
Okay, but water about every three to four weeks, it, it, unless it, it, it's rain. That, that's right. Now, here, here's the thing, and, it, and, and I'm, I'm going to take just a little time with this, uh, 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 30 seconds maybe. You, we don't water and take care of grass to keep it like it is. We, we take care of shrubs, but grass replaces itself every month or so. So the grass you planted a month ago, it's gone. The stuff you got right now has grown since then. And the grass you got right now is going to be completely replaced a month from now. So what we're trying to do is not take care of it. We're trying to help it replace itself. And that's where that watering comes in. If you don't water at all a month from now, when it's ready to sort of replace itself, it's not able to very well. And so a month from now, so you're watering to help it grow new grass. And it only needs that every three or four weeks. If any of your neighbors are watering more than once a week, it goes against every lawn care publication in the South. Wow. Centipede requires mowing medium to high, an occasional deep soaking, at least every three or four weeks, no more than every week or two, and a little fertilizer every couple of three years. That's what it needs. And you'll have a thick, dense turf. Right. Well, now it is established, and it's it's May. Should I, is it? Should I put the fertilizer on it or just wait till next year since we just planted? I, I would go ahead and give it uh, a little bit of the centipede food now. And by the way, it also centipede food also has the quote unquote winterizer stuff. So you, you everything you need. Get a centipede food that says with iron and put it out about half strength. Whatever the bag says it'll cover, make it go twice that far. Mow high, and if we go three or four weeks without a rain, give it a soak. If you got an irrigation system. Uh, use it every couple of three weeks. Okay, and, and I don't. I just put the hose and move it around and all well, that. It, but. it will really help if, you know, at least, you know, two or three times over the summertime, give it a good soaking. Right, and, and cut it about three inches high, maybe? A centipede, uh, the book says medium to high, and I just leave it at that. Okay, all right. Well, I sure appreciate the information. Uh, next time you see your friend, arch your eyebrow and don't say a word. <laughs> don't say a word. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, Virgil. Appreciate it. All righty. Let me see. Who we got next? Oh, here we go. Bill's calling from, uh, I can't read that, uh, Greenwood. Greenwood. Bill, up in the Delta. Hey, Bill, what's up? Oh, uh, yeah. Hi, fella. How you doing? I'm uh, fine. Thank you. You were talking about taking dirt from somewhere and putting it somewhere else last week, and I didn't have a chance to call you. Mm-hmm. But that reminded me of my mama because we were from Virginia, and it was real sandy where we lived. Well, we lived in a suburb of Norfolk, and uh, about 10 minutes from the beach, and uh, she was having trouble transplanting stuff. We would go up there and get plants, and they'd all die, and my daddy would just laugh at her. We all thought she was crazy, but you know what? She she turned out to be right because she started bringing them back uh packing Virginia dirt around them. She, <laughs> she had buckets full of Virginia dirt, and she'd pack it all around everything, and, and she would transplant them in Virginia dirt, and it seemed like they would take hold, so yeah, a pretty good bit of success. So have you ever heard of that before? I, I have. Most people, you know, people who observe things, you know, country folks, old time, old hands, you know, know that there's something about that. And there's bacteria and fungi. There's this stuff called uh, mycorrhizae. Doesn't even matter how to spell it. It's got a Z and a Y in there someplace. Mycorrhizae is a living thing in soil that helps plant roots do their thing. And woodland plants need it. A lot of plants don't, 
And when you buy a plant at a garden center, it's just grown in potting soil, got no mycorrhizae. But if you'll throw in some real dirt from wherever you live, they'll get used to it. And in your mama's case, some of the stuff from, from around the original plants. She's inoculating them with goodness. Yeah. Well, I got the idea. I love purple coneflower. I mean, I, I love uh, blue bonnets. I've never been able to get them to grow here. They don't like it here. I went out to Texas and brought me some dirt back. Do you think that would work? No, and I tell you why. Because it, it ain't it ain't just the dirt. Blue bonnets don't even grow in East Texas. They need uh, a, a hard alkaline, nothing else will grow type of prairie dirt. And they, yeah. you know, and, and we have too much rainfall for them to I'm grow well here. I love blue bonnets. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. it's a, it's a rainfall and alkaline. It's a prairie thing. We live in woodlands. So anyway, we got scoop, man. Okay, uh, I, I, I appreciate you sharing that a whole bunch. Yeah. Mama, mama. Right. And, and, and by the way, when you said out from Norfolk, I sounds like you were in, in, uh, uh, uh Virginia beach. Yeah. North, well, Northview, it was a suburb of Norfolk. Okay. Like, Cause I lived in Virginia beach for a while. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, appreciate your call, Bill. Yeah, good, good, good for us to, to conjure Mama back up. Okay, folks, uh, we're going to go talk to Golden in Kemper County. Hey, Golden, good morning. Good morning. Howdy. What's up? I've got a Japanese snowball that did not bloom this year. Everybody else's bloom but yours. I know it, but mine didn't. <laughs> I don't know. I tell you what, it's three prongs growed up in the middle of it, way high, uh-huh. and I did not cut them off. Was that the problem? Um, it could be. It could be. Most of the time, they don't bloom because people do prune them. Um, you know, they bloom in the spring on what grew the year before. See, so um, you know, and and it could be that because we had so it was such a wet winter last uh, summer last year, it might just be yours is an extra good dirt. It just would rather grow. You know, then then make flower buds because sometimes good soil and fertilizer rainfall will throw things in what we call vegetative growth rather than reproductive or flowering growth. So what what I would do, Golden, is uh, go ahead. You know, it's too late to do anything to worry about now. I'd go ahead and cut it back now, cut it back pretty good, and then just leave it alone. Cut and, those three prongs off. Yes, ma'am. Up in there. That's right. And what's going to happen is wherever you make a cut, whether it's here or there, wherever you make that cut, it's going to sprout out there. So cut it down below where you want it to sprout back up to. And you can cut those three at different heights if you want to, but they're going to branch out right at those cuts. So cut them, cut them kind of on the low. They'll bush out. And you'll have a lot more stems next year and more flowers. Okay. Well, I had a neighbor that hers was covered. I mean, it was a big now, you don't think she did anything to yours, do yes, you? Yes, she cut hers back, and I didn't. <laughs> okay, what did I just suggest that you do? You said cut them back. Bye. Thanks for your call, Golden. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a real, real quick break, folks, and come back with more of the Gestalt Gardener. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Uh, you know, me and Java Chapman, and uh, we've got all sorts of folks. Liz Gill is in there as being the phone greeter. A lot of fun folks here up at MPB. We all work together, uh, produce each other's program. I don't produce. I'm just a, an hourly contractor here. I just come in and do my thing and, and leave. But we do enjoy bringing all this stuff to, to folks in Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and all over the podcast world. We really appreciate y'all. And uh, we're going to take a real quick break, a little cheesy music, and come back with more gardening here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting right after this.
folks welcome back i know it's a rainy day in the southland but i want to do that good day sunshine by the way that was done by lulu anybody anybody from old school remember lulu she sang to serve with love she did one of the james bond things she was a real big uh from scotland real big back in the 60s and 70s lulu and her version good day sunshine hey we've got the lines open you want to give us a call it's toll free one eight seven seven mpb ring hey java let me ask you something you in there I actually want to tell you something. Okay, go ahead, man. I'm here. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a, a, a Mexican. It's, it's not Mexican, not Tex-Mex at all. It's real Mexican food in my neighborhood called Green Ghost. Which, oh man, they are, they have some of the best. Uh, uh, what is it? Quesadillas. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, it's a play on word. Uh, you know, the guy who owns it, I've known him for a long time. It's a it's, it's a play on Gringos. <laughs> but uh, anyway, this is uh, uh, one of the things they've got. It's, it's real food. But they, I noticed that they had a taco, and I didn't know what it was, lingua lunga or something like that. And they said it's beef tongue. They have beef tongue tacos. And I'm thinking it's a good thing. Are, they, you, are, you, are you serious? I'm serious. <laughs> but, you know, the good part about it, it's a good thing they got their liquor license. <laughs> see, see. I, and, and if I would have known you were coming with the, with the puns of the true. day, I would have had my, my rim shot. <laughs> yeah, tongue taco. Got to have a liquor license with that one. Uh, a couple of things real quick before we go to to, to these uh, uh, these uh, Rick Griffin came by the, the landscape architect, good friend of mine. Uh, he had helped design a, a cool new three sided arbor entry to my back garden, made out of ancient cypress and pines, and it's got a pyramidal roof made out of really rusted old tin roofing. I got it from Old House Depot. Hung some lights on it, added some three. 
thick strands of the most realistic fake Spanish moss I have ever seen. <laughs> I got it at half price at Hobby Lobby. You got to touch it to believe it isn't real. I misted it with a little flat gray spray paint to give it just a la- last little touch of realism. But <laughs> you can call me fake if you want. My garden speaks for itself. Anyway, Rick hooked me up with a metal artist who is creating an awesome gate from iron and copper. I'm going to post a photo when it's done. Little things about going into and out of your garden make you feel like you're in a special place, folks. That's what we, that's what we do here on the Gestalt Garden. I hope you feel like you're among a special group of folks who don't care who you are, who your mom them are. We're talking gardening. And we're going to go up down to Long Beach, talk to Leela. Hey, Leela, good morning. Good morning. How are you, Felder? Fine. What's up? Well, I have a couple of hibiscus that were I bought, you know, at somewhere like Lowe's or Walmart, whatever. Is this kind of the real and, big pretty flower and the slick leaves? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Well, they're blooming, but I had a friend ask me a while back, or tell me a while back, a landscape architect, as a matter of fact, said never fertilize if something's in bloom because then it goes to green it. This is sort of something to that. Okay, so they're kind of fading. They're not looking good. Yeah. And I'm wondering if, because, you know, they pipe them up with a lot of fertilizer yeah. to buy them. Yeah. Should I go ahead and fertilize them? Okay, for, first of all, the fact behind the myth, it's not fertilizer, it's the nitrogen. That first number, nitrogen forces plants to grow green whether they want to or not. It's like giving them their version of cocaine. Okay. Okay. A little bit of nitrogen helps plants with all their functions, helps the leaves, has new growth and leaves. It's really important, and it doesn't last long in the soil. The other uh, things, fossil and potash, they last a long time, but nitrogen has to be added a little bit at a time because it's hard to get from just thin air. Um, but the, if you give it too much, it kicks them into real strong, makes them grit their teeth and just start running. Mm-hmm. Okay, like their hair's on fire. As a matter of fact, okay. you can use ammonium nitrate as a weed killer. You can grow. I've seen dogs pee grass to death in circles because of the nitrogen in the in the urine. Mm-hmm. See, so that's so too much is a problem. A little bit every now and then is just right. Okay, so if I get ready, I'm fixing a bottom. Should I go ahead and put manure mixed with the dirt? Not, it's, it's a good idea, but manure is very slow. It has to be broken down by microorganisms in the soil to become available. What I would do for potted plants, uh, and even though I try to be as organic as possible, I use this stuff called Osmocote. Those little round beads you see? Yeah. Or any kind of time release thing. But here's the kick. Whatever the directions say, you know, this much per this size pot, that's the maximum they can legally get away with recommending because they're trying to sell fertilizer. Whatever it says to use, use half that much, and your plants will okay. be just as strong. They'll be sturdy. They'll be lean and mean, and they'll get the nutrients they need to keep right on going. Okay, then that's what I'll do. I appreciate you so oh, much. Okay, have fun. Send us some pictures. Okay, stay dry. <laughs> okay, thank you. Bye-bye. That ain't going to be easy. i got to drive to Houston, Texas when I get off there. Let's talk to to, to Stan up in Tupelo. Stan, I was in Tupelo last week, and I had the most fun. Hello? Hello. Hello, you and you, Stan. You in Tupelo? Yes, I am, and I knew you were here last weekend and meant to come, but I didn't know what time you were going to be here. Oh, we had a blast. It was, uh, it, yeah, it was, it was about the uh, 
a neighborhood beautification group. It's called the the Joiner. It was the the Joiner yeah. Garden Festival. They raised funds for that local school garden. Joiner School Garden had a little girl, cute as a button, showing me around, explaining all this stuff about their herbs. And then in turn, I showed her how to root rosemary, and I showed her why why snapdragons are called snapdragons, and none of the other grown-ups knew either. So anyway, what you got? What you got going on? I've got a camellia or camellias or camellias or sanquas, whatever you call them, uh-huh. and some potema. And the camellias bloomed beautifully this winter, but they are out of. They're not. They're misshapen. They need trimming. I assume. Yeah. And potema do also. When yeah. is the appropriate time to do that? Well, uh, any any plant that's grown just for green foliage, like the photinia uh, with the red leaves, you can prune those anytime you want to, and you know the new growth will come out nice and red. But I wouldn't prune any shrub. I'm answering your question in a backwards way. I wouldn't prune any shrub past around the end of or hard past uh, the middle or the latter part of, of August because okay. it had it takes time for the new growth to come out and then it has to toughen up and mature before winter. So no hard pruning past, uh, let's say, about the middle of August or so. But you can prune on them pretty much any time b- between now and then. Okay. Uh, let me let me throw out a couple of things. See, are you keeping the sasanqua, the camellia, like in a like a a, a a nice ball shape or what? No, it's it's like in a wild shape right now. Yeah, well, that's that's what it wants. It wants to be a small tree. And one thing, you know, you can keep the fotinia uh, pruned like a hedge if you want to. You could prune it down to stubs as big as your leg, not a leaf or a twig or branch on it, and it'll sprout back out. So you can't hurt it by pruning it too far. But on the sasanqua, what I would do is just thin out the stuff that's not growing where you want, sort of like plucking hair, you know, eyebrows. You know, you leave the ones you want, you pluck the ones you don't want, and instead of just shearing it overall like you would a hedge, just let it be kind of a naturalistic tree form. Cut some of the lower branches off so it looks like it's got a multiple trunk like a small tree. Okay. Thank and uh, you. and then, then you're done with that one. All right. All right, Stan. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Thanks. I did have a lot of fun in Tupelo last week, a whole bunch of fun. Uh, now, let's let's go to uh, Catherine, calling from here in Jackson. Hey, Catherine. Hey, uh, I got some uh, Hidonia cordata, and I think you were by my house one time. And uh, I've, I've been able to take cardboard and mulch it, but it's coming back. So <laughs> I'm going to make some uh, raised gardens. I'm wanting to know, and they're going to be 18 inches tall. Uh-huh. Can I put plastic down instead of landscape cloth? Because I've read those roots will go four feet down, and I don't want them coming up through my garden anymore. Yeah, this is the problem. Um, I forget what is it. What's the common name for that? Um, a fishnet, maybe, or something. Yeah, I don't like remember. That. It, it's a, it's a really aggressive, uh, really aggressive plant. It won't come up. Should not come up. Through uh, uh, landscape fabric, it might. But if you want to put down plant, if you want to put something that's going to work, find some find somebody that's got some roofing shingles. Really? You know? I mean, yeah, the tar paper roofing shingles. And put it down a couple of layers thick, and nothing will come through that. Nothing at all. And see, that way it's there for good, and uh, and it cannot come up through that through roofing shingles. Okay. Now, what about drainage? Is the water going to collect? If we get a heavy rain and then it can't. Uh, no, are, are, are you gonna you gonna build this on top of the ground? You're not gonna dig into the dirt, are you? No, I'm not. Okay, well it, it doesn't matter. It's just it's just you know have the roofing shingle stick out a little bit and water drain out of it. You know it's not gonna oh, be so okay. tight that it can't drain out of that. Oh, 
great. Let me ask you this. What kind of dirt are you going to put in these boxes? Uh, I don't know. I need to have some hauled in because I can't get it from my house. Well, it just so happens I got a call from Memphis. A lady named Stuart wants to know what kind of soil to use in her raised bed. So here's what, here's what I do, and I've been okay. doing this a long time. The stuff they sell at, 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 at garden centers, their, their uh, planter mix, it's fine, you know, and there's different kinds. There's uh, different brands, but typically it's going to have a little chip bark. It's going to have a little potting soil, a little compost, a little sand, you know, all that kind of stuff mixed together. And it's good, but it dries out too quick. Okay. Uh, so what I do is I get that kind of stuff and use mostly it, let's say about two parts of that stuff, and then I get some real topsoil. It looks, it's not just called topsoil. It looks and feels like dirt. Okay. And you can use it by by the bag, or you can you know get a trash can and fill it up at their their at their their pile. But real dirt, mix the dirt in the topsoil in with your organic matter, you know the store bought stuff, and it firms it up without gumming it up. Oh, okay. So too much dirt is terrible for plants in pots. Too much organic matter is uh, is too good for plants. You mix them together is just about right. About one part dirt to two or three parts. Uh, the store-bought stuff, and and that works fine. Now, where would be a good place? Because these are going to be huge gardens that I'm making. I mean, I'm going to need to get, like, four yards, maybe. Yeah, a lot. Some of the gardens, they shoot me an email. You know, different places, whether it's in Memphis or Tupelo or Jackson or whatever, there's different. A lot of the big garden centers have their mix, and some will deliver. Uh, you may have to hire someone out of the pickup truck to haul it for you. Yeah, that's what I'll do. But, but uh, uh, there's there's a couple of places around, you know, and uh, shoot me an email. I'll tell you the, 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 the ones that I work with, I, but people around okay. the state, they don't care. Right. Let's have some fun. But uh, t- roofing shingles, it, even if you have to buy some new ones, they're pretty cheap. Or find somebody who's doing a roofing company, and they have to haul the stuff off. Wow. And, 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 it, and it, it really lasts a long time. It works great. Well, that's going to be good because i got to put a new roof on one of my rent houses. So I'll, <laughs> there you like go. I'll, I'll have plenty. There you go. No problem. And now, what did you call the, the dirt that you before I add it to the, I mean, the dirt that I'm going to get added to the stuff that you buy? What did you call that? Topsoil. Okay. But but All but right. but some people, some gardens should sell a bag of stuff that says topsoil on it, and it's not, to, it, you know, it feels it dirt. It, it's dirt. D-I-R-T, dirt. Right. And so whatever it says on the bag, it needs to have dirt in the bag. Okay, I got you. All right. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. You bet. Have, have fun with it. Oh, boy. D-I-R-T, dirt. By the way, some master gardener corrected me. See, it's not dirt. It's soil. Java, I hear this all the time. Okay, forget the fact I wrote this book, okay? I'm not a school you here. Dirt comes from an old English word, drit, which is English for soil, solier, which is French for dirt. So if you want to call it solier, you know, and say herb, that's French. If you want to say dirt and herbs, that's British. I don't care, but don't be corrected me because it's just words, you know. <laughs> How do you say in English or Jap- Japanese? Doesn't matter. <laughs> round and round we go. <laughs> That's right. Either, either, neither, neither. Tomato, tomato, dirt, soil. Lighten up, folks. It's gardening. Let's go. Let's talk to uh, George from uh, Madison. Hey, George. Thank you. Hello. How you doing? Doing good. What's going on with you? Um, I have a question about solarizing. Um, I had a peach tree 
I have an orchard. Um, you know, the trees are about 15 feet apart. Uh-huh. And my peach tree died from verticillium wilt. Yeah, that's a and, tough one. Um, yeah, so I cut it down, and I want to replace it with maybe a mayhaw, something else. But I want to solarize the soil first. And I was wondering how close I can get to my other trees without well, hurting them. Well, it, 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 for First of all, and I appreciate what you're Solarization is great for weed seeds and a few of the disease organisms and worms and ants and stuff like that. But it's not going to clear up all that stuff. You know, it's, you know if you got verticillium, it's a, it's a fungus. And there's no way you can solarize it all. You know, nematodes, you can, get, you can knock nematodes down with solarization. But over a couple, three or four years, the ones that survive come back. So uh, it's a great idea. Not sure it's really gonna help. Uh, I just but thought it might knock it back, so the the you know whatever I plant. Could yeah, be, uh, but but uh, here here's the deal though. Verticillium, all these fungus. A lot of times they're out there just like cold germs, and they don't cause problems unless the plants are under stress and get root damage, and then then these things come in. See, so if you were to plant like on a ridge or a little mound, like a pitcher's mound, five or six feet across and maybe seven or eight inches in the middle and give them that better drainage, you may not have the problem with it because the roots, uh, when they stay waterlogged or they stay extremely dry, they're more susceptible to diseases that normally they'll fend off. So how you plant, especially if you've got clay soil, George, if, if you'll work the dirt up and plant on a ridge, which is the way peach growers always have always done, they require that kind of drainage or else they get root diseases. So sometimes that's all it takes. But anyway, to answer your question, um, solarize, I'm going to say, on a, uh, a, a 10 by 10 area right where you're going to plant your trees. Okay. You know, j- d- d- you know or, or, tw- or, or bigger, but, you know, right where you're going to plant your trees, solarize that. But be sure to work the dirt up, plant the trees four, five, six inches on the high side with, with soil sloped up to it, and they're less likely to suffer from disease organisms that are there all along. All right. This is true. You know, verticillium is in everybody's garden soil, but only some people's tomatoes get it, mostly because they kept them too wet. Sounds just, good. Just throwing that out. Hey, you, you got some serious stuff going on. Shoot me an email. Let's, let's do more than we can talk about here on the radio. All right. Thank you. Okay, George. Appreciate it. Ooh, we have done some phone calls today, folks. I've been planting stuff all around the place. I'm, I mentioned I'm going to be in Carthy's at the library uh, next Thursday, the 16th, I think. It's uh, 6 o'clock in the evening. It's a free program. Hope to see you all there. I like to promote things. If you got some things that I can help promote, let me know about it. Uh, did uh, uh, gave a shout-out to Tupelo. I talked about my... My skink in the truck is throwing its tail off, and uh, that that new book on okra is going to come out soon. Looking forward to it. And um, let me see, anything else? Here we go. My tree ligustrum, my Confederate jasmine vines, my little gem magnolia are stifling, sweet-smelling. It is good to be in the South, folks. Turned over some dirt in my new raised bed. Found some big old earthworms fattened up on chopped leaves and cottonseed meal. Life is good. We're going to be talking about gardening every week right here on MPB. All sorts of other topics during the week. Everything you can imagine. 
always local, always live, always talking with you about what's going on in your life. That's what we do here at MPB. Hey, if you get a chance, I know it's kind of rough weather, but take a kid to a garden center. I got a wonderful email from a fellow I'll share next week about how he took his daughter to a garden center and they picked out some herbs, made the coolest little container with all sorts of culinary herbs. He did that with his girl and sent me pictures. It's fantastic. Take a kid to a garden center, show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. I'm Horticulture's Fellow Russia, me and Java and all the other folks at MPB. We're going to take a break, call it a week, and we'll see y'all then. Bye now. Support for the Gestalt Gardener comes from Atmos Energy, with a reminder to call 811 before starting to dig to get underground utility-owned lines located and marked. It's free, it's safe, and it's the law. <laughs> 